0: Welcome back, everybody. It's going to be another uh, military day today. Recently, we've chatted with a lot of people that uh, have worked in the military, have seen some things, and as of late, we've tried to bring on the people that are associated with the most famous sightings, uh, i.e. the gimbal video and Ryan Graves, the Tic Tac video, now Kevin Day, uh, and it, more than just to rehash the story, and we, we do have a lot of new uh, listeners that may not be aware, but more to discuss the impact that that has on your life. And I mean, Jason, you're big on the abduction phenomenon. You've had a lot of people talk to you about the impact of what they've seen.
1: Yeah. And uh, experiencers alike, it doesn't necessarily have to do with, you know, just the abduction phenomenon, but a lot of times even being close proximity or experiencing something that, uh, you know, you can't explain will change your life. It'll change the perspective on things.
0: Yeah. And even sometimes people report, they get information where they had this experience and now they have a, knowledge of a subject that they didn't know anything about and it just feels right and they haven't studied it and Kevin's done some of that recently too so we're going to talk a little bit about the 04 Nimitz uh tic-tac encounter that made the national headlines but also kind of fill in some of those blanks that a lot of the reports left out I'm looking forward to it it's going to be another great day you ready to go Jay I'm
1: ready to go let's do this
0: we'll be right back with Mr. Kevin Day right here on UAP Studies Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of UAP Studies Podcast. My name is Louis Borges. Joining me, as always, my good buddy, Jason Gilmett.
1: Captain Jason Gilmett on board. How's it going, gorgeous Borges? It's
0: going well, sir. Yeah. It's a military day today. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Ryan Graves on. As we all know, the gimbal video made headlines. And uh, he talked about what his experiences were like. And of course, I think the most famous one of all is the Tic Tac video. And uh, there's been a lot of reports that have come out about it. A lot of people are fairly new to this topic ever since 2017, but these reports skim and they leave a lot out. And it's written from somebody else; it's third hand from second hand, kind of speak, so to speak. And there's nothing more important than getting it direct from the people who were there, who know what they saw, and uh, you know had life impacts as a result. And I can't think of anybody. Uh, more in that category than our guest today, Mr. Kevin Day. So first, welcome to the show again, Kevin. It's great to have you back.
2: I have to tell you guys, it is my honor and pleasure to be here right now. Well, be- thank because you. Because I truly do I truly do have something to say. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty neat, actually. What I have to say is pretty neat stuff. Well, um, let's but, get right into it. We don't so mess around. Let's, set,
0: let's get started. Let's what happened con- in let's 2004?
2: Get, let's set the context for it um my job in the navy i was a operations specialist senior chief petty officer so it goes from uh in the enlisted ranks from e1 to e9 i was at e8 and basically a radar man we man up in a combat information center on the ships and we fight the ship essentially we track and report and fight the ship if we have to um and i obviously i was very senior and believe it or not when this event went down it was my very last underway on a, on a ship in uniform. Oh, really? And I had, yeah, I, yeah. I had two, um, prior, I had two ages ships off the off out of San Diego and one uh, ages ship. These are all spy one ships spy one radars and one out of uh, Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. So I had a lot of time in those waters brothers. In fact, I had 18 and a half years actual sea time on ships. I spent some few years on the Nimitz and the Constellation, both on, on staff duty. But anyway, I was, long story short, because I, I, we only have an hour, I, I was very senior. I, I was up on watch and we started to notice these really weird tracks. And it really caught my attention because of all my experience, all my training, all my everything. I was like, what in the fill in the blank is that? Because we had these objects are they were coming down from low Earth orbit five to ten at a time, and they were first stopped at 80,000 feet and our ballistic missile defense team became aware of them. like they're thinking, well, what the hell' is that, right? And it, and I'm busily researching all of our published publications and all of our message traffic and everything. I, I was thinking it was something civilian related. Didn't even know where the hell we were out there, right? So I wasn't really worried about them. But, and then they would drop up as a group again down to 28,000 feet right off the east coast of Sat- Catalina Island and sit there. And here we are, our strike group's about 100 miles southwest off of San Diego doing our thing. At the time, we didn't have any air wing on board the Nimitz, right? So I wasn't really worried about a safety of flight thing because these objects started coming right through our operating area one by one at 28,000 feet going 100 knots, which is really slow for that altitude, one at a time. And every single one of them disappeared off my radar. And remember, we're moving all over the operation area, and my radar envelope's moving with me, right? And, but every single one of these objects disappeared off Guadalupe Island in the same point in the sky. Hmm. And I'm thinking to myself at the time, I just had this because I was an avid whale watcher, and I, you know, I used to go outside a lot and stuff underway. I just had this weird feeling there was some weird connection with the whales because in November when this happened is when the exact time when the gray whales go from Catalina Island down to Guadalupe. So I I was trying to resist it, but it, it was so overwhelming. I just couldn't help but think. Of course, I didn't say nothing. It was just something I was thinking because I wasn't able to identify these things. It, they totally eluded me and so what we did is we're all the whole entire strat groups tracking these things on radar they're on our data links all the data is going back to the beach anyone that wants to know about them can presumably um and i wasn't worried about them until the air wing came on board the nimitz the night the night we were going to do an air defense exercise in the morning and that's when Captain Day became concerned because I was going to have these unknown objects in the same airspace as my aircraft, and I was worried about safety, <laughs> I was worried about safety of flight. So Captain um, Captain Smith comes down to combat and says, hey, sir, we've been tracking these for days. I don't know what they are. Very concerned about safety of flight. Recommend at first launch we take the first aircraft airborne and go look. Let's see what they are. He said, you're right, Senior Chief intercepted VID. I was like, yes, <laughs> the whole air side is like, yeah, because we all wanted to do that. It's like, because none of us, it stumped us at that point, right? So anyway, uh, Commander Fravor on Fast Eagle 01 launches. He happens to be, he was kind of that kind of guy, right? The commander of the air wing of his squadron, I mean. So he launches, we take control. We take him to the first object. He gets in the same visual arena, the merge plot position, as soon as he's there, this object goes from 28,000 feet, 0. 0.78 seconds, down to 50 feet above the water. On radar. Track number didn't change or nothing. Same object. And he's he's got eyeball on it. It's real, right? So he leaves his wingman up high. He goes chasing it down below. The thing recognizes him and reacts to him. He's like, what? And uh, fill in the blank with a cuss word, right? should have heard him on the radio and his words, not mine again right in front of him disappears and on board this ship we have what we call like when we're in air defense and this is all unclassified when you can wikipedia it, right basic stuff and all militaries around the world do it you got the um stronghold position here so you have defense positions right in our case are called combat air patrol stations you can go back to roman times they kind of do the same thing right and these objects somehow went from directly in front of fast eagle flight directly to fast eagle assigned air patrol station combat air patrol station exactly on the latitude and longitude and exactly at their latitude or altitude and sat there I'm telling you what, brothers, I was stunned. You should you should have seen the reaction it, on board the ship. We're all standing there looking at each other for answers. Everyone's looking at me. One of the most senior people besides the captain in that whole room. And I, I didn't have a clue. Yeah. But I knew they were real because we had run, when we first started seeing them days before we had run every system diagnostic we could think of to ensure they were real. That's before we had eyeballs on them. And um, so basically what happened was we get back to port. That was my last underway in uniform. Like I said, I was going to go work for the Admiral, which I did combat their pack over in Coronado for a couple of years, and then I retired. And during this time I was trying to raise my hand and say, hey, uh, uh, sirs and ma'ams, we, we have a safety of flight problem off here, off the coast. And they'd be like, what do you mean, Sergeant Chief? at the time I was still senior chief and when I tried to describe what happened I gotta tell you I got laughed at literally even with your laugh. rank sir like yeah. yeah 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 because the people I mean it's so bizarre right I mean we're talking I, I mean it wasn't something that was I could just tell by the looks down the nose and it and so I retired and um when it be, became a civilian it became um, much more obvious I mean I get I mean, it was like across the meeting place people would laugh and across the table people would snicker I, I i'm still getting emails from my old associate saying kevin are you sure you want to testify in front of congress are you still mentally there you no know, stuff like that yeah. i have proof yeah i it really happened and it it was really really frustrating
0: hmm. yeah and I, how did that affect your life moving forward i know you've had you've well, had issues as a result
2: right that's that's a very good question. No one would believe me. So what I ended up doing is I ended up um, quitting my job out of a silent protest. that didn't make a big issue. And I decided to go back to school and get my master's degree in education, which I did, education tech. And during this time, I became obsessed with this idea that I could find the motherlode to a family mining claim that had been in our family for more than 100 years, back in the wilderness out here. And long story short, I did. Boy, yes. howdy! You wait to see what's about to happen with what I discovered. It's gonna, it's gonna blow you away, guys. Um, because basically, what it is is, and I and I can show this. It's um, it's basically the geology is related to a larger piece of geology called the Josephine Ophiolite. And it extends from Northern California to North Washington. And what it is is a section of geology that's from the mid-Pacific spreading arcs. And there was hydrothermal vents, of course, right? You know that. And the spreading arcs are the original mineral sorters for the planet. So and normally that ground is so heavy it gets subducted under continental plates. But when it does get stuck on top of dry land, it's called an ophiolite. And that's what we have. Hmm. So anyway, I did all the research. I went back to the wilderness and you have to imagine this. I was a top trainer in Navy and you asked how this affected my life. I swear to God, gentlemen, all of my former colleagues, my friends, and even my own family thought I was losing my mind. He's doing what out in the wilderness? They couldn't figure it out. And and so my message is if, if, and this doesn't happen all the time. Because researchers don't know why it only affects some people, but what they believe is happening with UAP is with some people when they encounter it, it tunes up the synapses in the brain somehow. Yeah, we've, we've... and it simply uncovers, it simply uncovers um, abilities and s- stuff that was already inside you anyway. Yeah. yeah. You have suddenly out of the blue, you have new abilities. Literally.
1: Yeah. New talents. We, Literally. We've interviewed new, new, people, new Kevin, with the like same what thing. Happened to me yeah. new I
2: didn't I didn't I didn't know nothing about geology or mining or nothing, but you should wait till you see my report.
0: Yeah. It's a, that's not uncommon. Even people that have had near-death experiences or like heavy trauma to the brain, car accidents, things like that. Yeah. I mean it's not common, but it's not, you know, totally uncommon where People learn languages overnight or their ability to become like a piano savant, just something totally unrelated from a traumatic incident.
2: Right. But here's, but but here's, here's my warning to everyone. Right. Although the changes are good, like they were in my case, but I, and you got to understand when I was going through this, I hadn't connected the dots back to this encounter at all in any way, shape or form Mm 0 The problem is when you're going through it, everyone around you thinks you're losing your mind. That's the problem. And, And this is my concern. Just what if gentlemen, and everyone listen, ladies too, just what if, what happened to me back in that wilderness suddenly happened to every person on this planet due to some kind of mass encounter and nobody on the planet knew why or how. That might not end well. Yeah,
0: yeah. So how did you feel just to go back to the incident in 2004 you know you were laughed at ostracized for years and then in 2017 Pentagon releases this or it gets leaked through Lou Elizondo or whatever but how did you feel to see that same video?
2: I I can tell you what happened because it's all related. Sure. Um, Anyway winter chased me out of the mountains I came back and I ended up buying a home here on my feet again in town I started to volunteer at the golf course to do to do, 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 do just reopened the kitchen. You know, I'd forgotten all about this. My mining research I had put on the shelf because it's a wilderness. Right? There wasn't any way I'm touching that ground. All right. Because I I would I would probably defend it with my life after what I know about it, right? Anyway, I'm I'm coming out of the kitchen carrying a plate of food, watching the <laughs> golf tournament, and all of a sudden CNN's, I I was like, who and all of a sudden I'm gonna get emotional. That's all right. <laughs> because what was playing was the same mpeg video i had in my email the morning after this happened when that object went yeah and it shook me to my core i I yelled out dave now my brother-in-law i gotta go home i'll tell you why later and i I raced home as safely as i could and the rest is history Hmm.
0: So what brings up the trauma? Was it the fact that this actually happened and the complexity of, oh my God, maybe we're being visited or was it the way people treated you after the experience?
2: Yeah, all of it. And what this means for us. Yeah. Yeah, All of it. And what this means for, because this is a good thing if it's understood. Yeah. And that's my personal point of view. I, I really truly believe after what I've gone through, the reason why whatever this is hasn't hasn't come here like like you know it hasn't visited us and stuff and, and, and you know more obviously I guess I should say
0: yeah.
2: is because they know it changes people and just imagine is everyone on the planet started to change like I did and no one knew why or how yeah that's the, why they haven't come
1: yeah the, the solidification it, 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 of, of the event and it's right? because
2: they love us yeah. it's benevolent they love us. That's why they haven't come, because it, and it's entirely possible that they did come before and it didn't end well. I mean, yeah. look at the ancient records and stuff. Yeah, it's all written about, right? Am I wrong about that? Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and that. And it's interesting reason.
0: that uh, out of such a traumatic experience, you still take away a positive feeling. That it, the, oh my the negativity God, I, is is separate. Oh from my that.
2: God! You, you you can ask my wife Kim. She's sitting right here. Every day, I thank God multiple times a day for my for my awesome journey. Thank you for choosing me, if that's what happened. I don't know, but I didn't choose this. Not at all, but like, God willing, I'm gonna see it through. Yeah.
0: Good for you, man, you're inspirational and more people in the military that are thinking of coming forward. It's not easy, it's not going to be easy, but they should look to you for inspiration. Oh. Because it is so important, it's bigger than all oh, of us yeah. combined and it,
2: individually. I know it sounds corny because it's so overused throughout history, but I love humanity, <laughs> and that's my reason.
1: the The implications of this love phenomenon, humanity. yeah. the The implications of this phenomenon um, it, it stretches past the the nuts and bolts of how these. Crafts fly. There's an actual connection. A lot of people have this connection, whether it's from a sighting uh, or an experience like what you've gone through. Um, We talk to a lot of people that have have been abductees. Um, There's so many complexities, even consciousness. Um, The fact that some people can be manipulated and, you know, it brings up a bunch of different, it branches out to a bunch of different questions that lead to more questions. And the acknowledgement that we've had recently uh, from the government is a, is a baby step, but it opens, eventually it's going to open up all those doors as well. So that's something to watch out for, uh, right? Boy, howdy. Yeah. yeah. You and betcha. how do, you even, how do you, we even you bring betcha. that up to, to the public, right?
2: Is one one last story I got to relate to you, back to the mind, because mm-hmm. we only got like, what, 10 minutes left um have you oh, we folk- got some time no we, we got, got some, some time, for, time yeah yeah for right. the uh for your listeners that may have heard of elon musk and mz he's a guy out of japan they're doing a dear moon what they're calling the dear moon mission they're taking a spacex flight in 2023 around the moon and coming home hopefully right and they opened it up for eight civilians to go and said hey apply but if whatever you know if you apply it has to relate to something you're doing here on earth So I said, what the heck? I'm going to apply. So I sent them everything, everything Hmm. about me. And I I presume they'd probably heard about me and stuff. And I sent them my mining research. Wait till you see it. I mean, it's pretty thorough. You're going to like it. It goes through the history, the geologic interpretation. And of course, uh, there was an expedition we did and it covers all that. But anyway, I was outside the house after applying (laughs) four, four days later. And you got to remember this is basically a no-fly zone here. We don't get jet aircraft here, especially over the wilderness, off to the west here. And I look off, I hear a jet on what in the hell? And there's this low, big, big, big white jet flying real slow right over the mountains, over the wilderness, north and south, north and south, north and south, north and south, north and south. So I come running in the house, look on the internet, and it turns out the flight was a NASA flight on a geodetic mission. Hmm. And and the track of it directly overlays where my research was done. So you tell me, Hmm. did they or did they not check out my research?
0: Yeah, fair point. Yeah. And and to the point of kind of researching and trying to recreate things, uh, about maybe six or eight months ago. in in,
2: in In all fairness, there is another possibility because there have been some recent earthquakes off the coast here, and it's possible that it yeah. was mapping those. And it but was would they a send a coin- NASA plane for that? Coi- what was a quint? Coi- it's possible it was a coincidence. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but- I'm, a, I, no, I'm, a, I'm a researcher, so I got to you know, I can't. Just sure. Pick Fair I gotta point. Mind open on these things, yeah.
0: The thing I found interesting about the whole Tic Tac phenomenon is it's not an isolated event. Uh, Caroline Corey made a movie last year, A Tear in the Sky. I think you were featured in the movie as well with the yeah. UAPX guys. I found it amazing yep. that you guys could go to that same area off Catalina Island, triangulate three different positions, and within a day or two, you start catching basically the same phenomena. So this is not hey, look, that rare of a thing. That if you got the right instruments, well, you
2: can go and see it. You just, you just segued into something else I'd like to talk about. When this event happened in 2004, right after Commander of fast eagle flight um, had intercepted Yaga, he went chasing it down. It recognized him. They were. Down on the surface of the water. Even reported something underneath the water, right? As you probably know. Disappeared, went to his cap station. I have a question for you. I mean, right on it, too. Exactly on the latitude, longitude, and the assigned altitude. Not not just a cap station, but Fast Eagle's assigned cap station. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Their flight. And I have a question. How did it know where their assigned cap station was? Hmm. So there's only two possible reasons. They they either cracked into our secret uh, message traffic somehow and knew that way, or they knew our intention. But at the time, I didn't know. So life went on, and we did the SoCal Expedition, like you just mentioned. We all show up on this roof with all this really high-tech gear, some pretty neat old stuff too, by the way. Yeah, um, Scientists, pretty notable people, Caroline Corey's, um, paid for it all out of her own pocket. Yeah. With, with no promise anything would happen. I mean, God bless her, right? But what did happen? These things showed up for us. And not only did they show up, but they showed up with bells on too. Mm-hmm. Apparently through a darn wormhole, a wormhole. Not not that's not me, that's someone else saying that, scientists. And again, I have a question. How did those things know our intention? Yeah. So I I I have a theory. I think because my idea my idea back my uh, job in the navy was to identify things and that's what I want to do with these i still want to be the guy that or be a part of the team that identifies these things and i think i'm on to something and i have several quantum physicists that agree with me so far just so you know and i won't say their names but i think intention itself is is something to do with the phenomenon cuz i have a question for everyone listening was the Big Bang intentional or unintentional? I don't know. Yeah. In fact, I don't know so much. I say it's 50-50. But you tell me if I'm wrong about that, right? But think about this now. Because we know there probably apparently exists a 50% chance the universe was intended. Just what might an intended universe look like? And think about this. In, in, in and in that case, if intention caused the Big Bang, would, did, did, did intention itself commit some type of Harry Carry and some benevolent act of creation? Or did it survive the Big Bang to become a fundamental force in our universe? Right alongside all the other ones.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I'm of off if of, you need to hear them. You know, we got gravity, strong nuclear force. Weak nuclear force electromagnetism, right? I think intention is a, another one. And I think it's um, both Newtonian and non-Newtonian. And I think that's what these objects are based on. Um, the physics, it's the physics. The real things, it's not magic, it's not woo. These objects are based on a type of physics we didn't know about before.
1: Yeah. And all your years, Kevin, all your years in the service and being the rank that you are at, you know what capabilities we have in the military and what we have, you know, for state of the art technology when it comes down to flight. So, you know, you seeing something like this that you can't identify, especially at your rank. And like you mentioned, people looking up to you saying, What the hell is it? And you're like, I don't know. Right. (laughs) Have you, have you found, um,
2: that have was you, a fun. That was a fun moment, by the way. Everyone's looking at me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know.
1: You feel like you're on the hook. Your face a, goes red. Yeah. yeah. People
2: told me later I had a small, I had a small smile on my face. Like I was taking it pretty well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's
2: but, my nature. I, I'm yeah. a fun-loving guy. I always have been. Go yeah. ahead.
1: No, have you? I was going to say, have you had other people now reach out to you because, like, you've been, you know. It, it takes a pair of balls to be able to do what you do, to be able to, to speak up and say, hey, you know what? I served, and while I served, something wasn't right, and it's affected me, right? It takes a really strong person to do that. There's there's several now coming out of the woodworks, which is good. We need more people like that. And Louie and I always say, you know, true disclosure comes from the men and women in service that have experienced things, and we've interviewed a lot of them, uh, that isn't right? You know, that there's something off, there's something wrong, there's something that is going on that the general population is experiencing. And now the military is confirming it, the DOD is confirming it as well. And this all happened within a short period of time. But is it like, do you feel sort of, I wouldn't say vindicated, but it must feel good to be at this point where people are like, well, maybe Kevin was on to something before everybody else.
2: Boy, howdy. Boy, do I feel vindicated. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I got to tell you guys something. There is a pretty good, pretty good chance that I, at some point in the future, I'll be going back to Congress to tell my story and stuff and answer questions and all that. But I have to say right now, I'm in no way, ship or form looking for compensation in any way. Right. That's not what I, I want. The opposite, in fact, in fact, if I get to Congress, um, if they give me the opportunity, of course, I'm going to answer all the questions, tell the story like I just did right, all that stuff but I'm gonna give them two recommendations. Number one, and you gotta remember, I went through this experience and I have a master's degree in education. I'm gonna say um, the need for public education about UAP is obvious. Let's start teaching about these things from grade school to high school and beyond at all appropriate grade levels. That way, guess what happens when mommy picks up Sally and Joey from school and they're driving home and all of a sudden Sally says, hey, look, Joey, it's one of those things we learned about in school. Is mm-hmm. it any big deal now? You tell me. Yeah. What about when they get home and tell dad and others? Is it any big deal now? Yeah. Same question. I don't think so. And and you were kind of touching on it. And my other recommendation is going to be this. I am in no way, shape or form, seeking compensation. And you, you touched on it because I've been repaid. In full already in life enriching mm-hmm. rich in life in fact I want to say let's bury the axe on this thing for all of us let's <clears throat> forgive move on and move up I didn't say forget
0: mm-hmm. this
2: is an awesome story gentlemen I said forgive because this is nobody's fault and people that like to Point blame at my government and people that work in my government and somehow try to say they're bad. That pisses me off. I don't believe in anything such malarkey. No way. People that work in government are good people. I mean, there of course there's exceptions, but they go to work like you do with what they have to work with doing the best they can. What they I
0: inherited. Think. They inherited this problem. The people in yeah. the '40s that decided to, you know, sequester all this—they're not the ones now that are stuck dealing with the mess.
2: And there's one. There's one other thing I'm asked all the time: is all the time, Kevin. Do you think this is us? Do you think it's human? And yeah. I don't know if anyone else has ever thought about this. They probably have. I don't know if, it, um, but it sure occurred to me. I've never been a religious person. Um, remember that. Okay, but, I, you know, I thank God every day, okay? I'm one of those kind of guys. But I have a question about an ancient story that found its way in, his, in the Bible, at least, and maybe other places. Remember the story of Ezekiel's will? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That object in the sky? What was that? Yeah. Okay, and isn't it possible that, because today we know that UAP is real. Who's to say that wasn't? I mean, come sure. on, it was written, right? hmm but who's to say and also because that's possible who's to say it didn't take some humans on board and maybe some animals too and maybe they were like a um, space Noah, if you will and think about this for whatever reason that branch of humanity is just now coming back to say hi to planet earth
1: yeah we've explored quite a bit of of these um... Issues and uh, not issues, but I would say these topics. And we're still on the fence. We think it's could be a variety of things. But what you're mentioning has been mentioned, you know, several times. That it's a possibility that this is what is going on. It's a, a species that used to live here that's coming back to visit, or or maybe just oversee things because they're a little bit more advanced than we are. But there's obviously a reason why they're here. And so far, they haven't shown any aggression like none in fact every time that a military uh something goes off with like a jets are dispatched it seems like they've they've shown quite a bit of restraint like they haven't they haven't attacked anybody there's no collisions
2: i can tell you i would i was trying to um give um weapons engagement um recommendations to the senior staff on ships right and strike group it was my job you know I sat in a chair where I would be the guy to initiate missile launches, and then the captain would turn key. Never once during this whole encounter did I ever once feel these things were hostile. Quite the opposite, actually. I felt they were peaceful beyond belief the whole time, and they wanted to say hi to the whales. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Call me crazy, but that's that's how I felt about it.
1: Yeah. Didn't give hey, you the, the sensation of threat. Sorry.
0: Sorry, Jay. I was just going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Dave or Kevin. You got a, uh, an official like apology from the military. Did you not? Did they not officially release something saying we apologized to Kevin Day for, you know, the hell that we put him through?
2: No, no. And you and you know why I don't, um, I don't really want it? And it, it's not something I want because this is nobody's fault, man. Nobody did this on purpose. There's who's gonna, you know, I'm not looking for an apology. In fact, I'm happy this happened, to be quite honest with you, because look at the result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm glad um I I had the opportunity to see this through and be a part of the team that maybe is able to finally move this thing forward a little bit.
1: Yeah. And it motivated you to be active, to, to seek answers and, you know, that sort Not of conviction, first. right? Not at but,
2: first. You got to remember there was years and years and years and years and years, and years where I put right. this all behind me. Right. And I finally got woke up at the golf course when CNN broke. Yeah. But when it happened, I had everything in place just in case. Like, um, I don't have it handy, but my, my book, Sailor's Anthology, Um, what it is, i wrote a short story called the seer because no one would believe me i published it in the library of congress in 2009 and what it is it's a fictionalized account of the tic-tac encounters in fact i actually name all the ships and i actually call them tic-tac so there's no there's no mistaken right right i published it in the library of congress just in case guys and gals just in case the story ever became public that my book would become evidence that the event itself really happened yeah and guess what did happen <laughs> yeah and exactly doing these that. shows is part my, of that my, as well my, my book is irrefutable evidence unless i have a time machine yeah this thing really happened yeah it's irrefutable yeah unlike but... any ever i mean it's unlike any ever evidence i've ever seen this irrefutable have you ever seen any encounter evidence it's irrefutable yeah. Well, my, my book is. Yeah.
1: Do <laughs> you, you, uh, you put Unless something I have out there a time before. Machine, I, I don't have yeah. a
2: time machine. So yeah. Yeah. You, you wrote it when? Oh nine. Is that when I, you wrote I, it? I published it. Yeah. I, I went home in frustration after quitting my job. And I said, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll write a short story, fictionalize it, publish a library in Congress just in case. And I wrote it over the summer and I actually um, published it in February, 2009. I have the library control, um, number around here somewhere i don't have the book handy right it's on. it's online for free i sent you the link Um, yeah
0: the sailors anthology book
2: yeah and you know it it and i have to say it is available on amazon um for sale but it's not for me the money goes to research so just for listeners know if they want to help with research you can buy the book that way or read it for free there's other short stories in there too that are pretty fun (laughs) one of them's a little risque but i hey it's about sailors in overseas. So
1: I had to tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the sailors overseas. Yeah, that one's it's about the one. Phil- yeah. a story
2: about the Philippines. So, of course. You know. yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I have to read it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Maybe they'll uh, make it a Netflix special one day. You never know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, with the recent developments that we've had, and there's been quite a bit of development, it almost feels like it's a, a weird kind of, I wouldn't say quite disclosure, but more of a, a an open discussion with, you know, the the higher-ups in, in Parliament, not in, in Canada and the United States. Uh, we had, you know, Justin Trudeau address the shoot-downs of the UFOs, and, you know, the he was completely honest with the population, and then the president came out and said the same thing. Um, they still haven't recovered anything. Uh, they say that they've given up on it, um, but there's... People that we've talked to over the years have said, you know, about these government programs that are specialized in crash retrievals. And there's no way that these three crash vehicles are just not accessible. There's no way these teams know what they're doing at this point. Um, So, again, it's just speculation at this point. We don't know if there was balloons or not. It's just it's weird that we spent $430,000 missiles to shoot down a balloon. Like, if that's the case... You know, we, we would have evidence. Plus, there's the testimony of the pilots saying that you know one of them was saying this equipment on the on his uh, plane was sort of acting up. Uh, the other people were like, I can't describe it, can't identify it. You guys are the most trained ob- observers in the world, right? Um, especially the level you said E eight was your your rank level. Um, you're you're trained to the top. There's nobody better at this job than you. And yet, if you come out and say, hey, something wasn't right, people are like, "Ah, I must be losing it. You you just mentioned you were the guy at the board who had access to the launch sequences, and then your captain would come in and and turn the key. Like, you can't be mental to do that job. They would never let somebody do that. So...
2: God forbid, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and so we even have incidences where uh, they, they fly over nuclear facilities, scare the crap out of the guys that work there, um, yeah yeah, and uh even was it Robert Malmström? Malmström. Yeah, Malmström. Force base, yeah. Yeah. yeah so when we get people from the military to come forward and say hey this happened and I wasn't able to do my job because I wasn't able to identify I wasn't able to do anything about the threat like and it's not really threat right but we don't really believe in the threat narrative anyways uh but if it was a threat you wouldn't be able to defend against it because they Amen. Can, yeah
2: right good luck right
1: yeah, exactly. Like, good yeah, luck. But, hey,
2: yeah, better luck praying. What's that? You, you would have better luck actually praying. Yeah, yeah, praying to God. Yeah, you would actually have better luck.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, Because it's far more, and like I said, the fact that they're evading a lot of the you know the dispatches that we've had. Uh, even there's an Israeli uh, pilot back, I think, in 1986 that was sent out to shoot down an unidentified object, and same problem with with his craft started malfunctioning he started diving after like he turned on the uh, uh the missile sequence or whatever the for the launch and at that point the ship started acting up and he knew it was the intelligence whatever was flying that craft um what's fascinating about these crafts too is that they seem to be intelligent it seems to be a consciousness of the whole craft which is fascinating we don't have the technology and you were mentioning even uh, uh captain favor or uh going uh, down towards the tic-tac the tic-tac well, turned me, towards let, it as if it recognized them right
2: well, well, well let me um, follow up on that um sure. part of my part of my theory about um the big bang and intention right is i think um intention beca- did become a fundamental force right alongside the other four right and it expresses itself newtonian and non-newtonian and i you know i think these things are are based on that and um it's intention it's intention so there's a consciousness there
1: yeah
2: right am i wrong no it, it would if, seem if, that if, way if you sure. created the big bang and there has to be a consciousness there so yeah. that's why it responded to him because it's aware it's alive it, it knows so what i think this is i think and i i, I call these things um I call them intentatons, like gravitons. I call them intentatons, mm-hmm. and that's and that's the school of physics. Their technology is based on, and I call their technology intentatonics. So, what I think these are, I think they're in a, in a like. A, imagine the cube in the sphere sighting. Right, it's been mm-hmm. cited several times now. I think the cube in the sphere is an intentatonic object within a quantum extremal surface
1: yeah and there was just
2: there was just a recent article by george musser and people can um, google this is um they've solved the big problem or big mystery about black holes and they they now know there's something called the quantum extremal surface and it can be any size on anything i noted that so i'm thinking um what would suddenly give my intended topics passwords to anything, because what this, they think what a quantum extremal surface does in a Big Bang, we used to think that if a refrigerator fell into a Big Bang, it was gone forever, right? But we now know that's not true, or they think it's not true. That same refrigerator can actually, and I'm just using it as an example, can actually come back out of a Big Bang because that quantum extremal surface is the keeper of all passwords. It has the password to put that random radiation back into a refrigerator hmm.
0: Hmm.
2: so think about that think about these uap right what if i have that quantum extremal service around my intent to engineering right i i suddenly have passwords to go anywhere wherever the heck i want to through the water through the ground yeah through yeah. air through time through space through a brand new type of physics that we didn't know about before, based on intention. And that, and, and, and I, I've shared I've shared my idea, um, I'm, I'm on email threads with some pretty, um, well, i just say it, and I'm not gonna mention names here with the world's top quantum physicists, all right? And I've drawn out my diagrams and I'll share them with you guys and my blackboards on this, right? And I, And at the very end, I said, hey, gentlemen, And ladies, feel free to laugh loudly at me if you need to feel the need because I'm used to it. I was laughed loudly at before. And you know what happened instead? I'm not going to mention his name, but you know this person. He came back to me and said, me too. That Mm. was his only response. Yeah. And not a single one of them has laughed at me. Mm -mm. Yeah. And this was how long ago? Kim? just a
1: couple months ago
2: yeah a couple months ago yeah yeah we're going down the I'm rabbit under, hole we're I think I'm onto something it's not as here. crazy I, I truly as do I, I really do think I'm on to something here yeah, yeah. I truly I just, do. I got a quick and, uh, question for and, you Kevin. And, 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 and to answer your question how does this affect you you guys the a whole reason why they came off on this whole thread is because you asked how post post encounter affects people how in the hell? Did a non-miner, non-geologist possibly find the largest mineral deposit in the history of the world? And guess what? It's suddenly mineable now without ever touching a blade of grass in the wilderness or any town or any city or any road or freeway above it all. You know how? Because when the Dear Moon mission came around, I applied for it and I gave the suggestion. Hey, sir, you know... uh, you know, your boring technology you're putting in between Las Vegas and um, Los Angeles, you might be able to repurpose that to mine these deposits from below the ground without ever touching the wilderness or any town city above it. That's why the NASA flight was flying over because they know it's possible to mine this now. And I'm just, and simply based on it, you got to remember where this geology came from. Right along the mid-Pacific spreading arms, hyd- hydrothermal vents all around it. And at our actual mining claim, I have I have extinct hydrothermal vents. I'll show you. And I have um, I have all the aspects of a of a ophiolite. Probably the best example on the whole West Coast. Just based on the size and type of geology, this is, gentlemen and ladies, this deposit could literally be trillions. With the capital T and with the an S.
1: Right. So,
0: this is your little gift out of all the
2: pain. I, I was asked the other day, There, someone asked me, Hey, Kevin, what? I mean, you discovered it and described it. What do you want out of this? And you know what my answer was? I don't want a dime for those deposits. I mean, sure, we got my mining claim and stuff. So, what? 100 years in the family, right? 160 acres right in the middle of this thing. In fact, you know what I want? I want a portion of this wealth represented by this massive deposit to be combined with today's and tomorrow's technologies and used to finally end poverty and starvation on our blue planet. Hmm.
0: Do you ever think it'll happen, Kevin?
2: Yes. Good. I definitely do.
0: Good.
2: I see it. Take it from me. I see it. I, and I see a way to do it, at least one way. Yeah, I think we can. The same way I think we can start teaching our children about this UAP stuff. How hard is that?
1: It's important. It's an important yeah. issue. Yeah, my kids way, have not tried to learn
2: it before consent. it exists. It can. It can. The other choice is to let that little girl and little boy go crazy because no one believes them. Yeah, other kid, other. Other classmates are making fun of them. Yeah, that's the other choice. That's what we're doing now. Am I yeah. wrong? No. no, no. This, this, I'm not this. Wrong
1: about that. Yeah, and this is part of it is having these discussions openly and addressing the elephant in a room that we all know is there. There's something that's not right, and it's not been right for a long time, forever. People have not been talking about it because it's like let's all pretend it doesn't happen and laugh at anybody who talks about it. But we're at the point where we can't ignore it anymore. Like you mentioned, the technology on your ship had just been upgraded. I don't think these things are more active or are or, or newer to us. I just think we have better technology to detect them now that's as we're progressing. Yes, right?
2: Even cell phones are adding to it. You know, people snapping pictures and videos. And- yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Yep. And even we mentioned it before, like the Phoenix Lights, when that massive boomerang ship was above uh, Phoenix, Arizona in 1997. If that happens again, and it will, it's just a matter of time. There'll be tons of people now because we got door uh, doorbell cameras now, which is insane. You got your cell phones, you got uh, security cameras installed everywhere. Nobody trusts anybody anymore. There's cameras everywhere, but well, there'll be so much footage of this craft or an event that will take place that it will be something that the news has now got to take it more seriously, and. I know that you've been on tons of shows and stuff like that. I noticed there's a change and a shift in the way that the reporters are addressing this issue and that they're not making a mockery of any of it anymore. You know, like when the intro would start and it's like, well, if you believe in aliens, this next topic will be of interest to you. Uh, They don't do that anymore. They don't make mockery of it. Uh, Have you noticed that as well for the people that have approached you that it's, it's more on a serious tone now? Uh,
2: Absolutely. But, I have to confess, I um I don't even have cable in my house. Nice. Um, I, I'm not a person to watch news. In fact, you know what we do all day? We listen to music pretty much. That's good. But we're not, we're not, I'll get up in the morning with coffee and I'll read the news. So I'm, I'm informed and stuff, of course, email and all that. But for the rest of the day, when we're doing chores is enjoying the day. We're listening to music. I have never, has the news ever been on in this house? Since you? Were? No. Yeah. I, so the answer is no, I don't, I don't care yeah someone else is concerned
1: yeah no but it's like i said it it takes bravery to do what you're doing and just continue doing what you're doing and this is it's a a historical step uh, for all of us that have been researching this or have had interests or experiences with this phenomenon uh to at least be this far like i didn't think that we would progress this far and like Louie and I have a hard time keeping up with the news lately. Like it just seems like there's always something new developing or happening or senators getting involved and there's so much momentum now that it's it's encouraging that this will be more yeah, there's
2: some brave there's some brave senators up in our Congress. Right. I, gotta, I yeah. gotta give them credit, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and congressman congressmen too, Carson and Gillibrand, yeah. Rubio. Yeah. I bless them, man. I love yeah, we, I love my government. This I'll put it out there. I'm I'm a pro-government kind of guy, and I, I greatly respect my elected government. Yeah. So those people serving in Congress, they have my salute. Just so yeah. I, I'll put it out there. I know they get a lot of hate and that kind of – I'm not one of those people. Yeah. Nope. So,
1: Ke- so, Kevin, what are you doing now? Like, what are you doing these days? I know you just got married to Kim, and ba- well, congratulations, guys, by the way. That's a huge deal.
2: <laughs> yeah. So – we're still in a kind of a transition phase, and we're we're putting a lot of care and love into our home, and fixing it up, and um, it's really become a beautiful place. And in fact, if you're ever in this part of Oregon, you're welcome to come, and and we'll oh, do a live you. interview if you want. That's awesome. Sure. I'll put it out there. And um, we're getting ready to do an expedition here. Um, and my uncle's my no. My uncle passed from COVID, but his his house is up here, uh, what, three doors down up on the hill. And he has an excellent view all the way from probably Northern California to Washington, right? In the sky. I'm talking about the sky, not the land, obviously. So we're going to set up there with some pretty cool gear and do an expedition. Will they show up?
0: Intention. You'll
2: make it happen. Well, they have before.
1: Yeah, (laughs) And it actually was going to shock
2: me. Put it that way.
1: I was going to ask you, because usually when there's a lot of minerals and and, and, uh, mines, uh, we talked to people that worked at mines that uh, have had seen things that, uh, you know, it's not uncommon for them to see UFOs above the mines. Uh, Even my experience when I was 13, it was in a small mining town. Uh, There's a lot of minerals and whatever this thing was looking for, it, it looked like it was searching for something uh have you noticed anything have you guys seen anything since you've been on the property because you got quite a bit of minerals there
2: hey that's a very good question no that's a very good question because i myself have never seen a ufo or uap here in the valley okay and in fact um that when this happened on the ship oh until recently until recently when this happened on the ship same thing um all that time and all the experience in my last underway too in terms of pure and simple odds, the chances that it was going to be me to actually observe these things was pretty darn slim. Hmm. So I, I don't know. I think intention has something to do with this. I really do. So we'll see. We're going to go up there and intent on finding these things. And we're, we're going to have some pretty neat gear to do it with, just so the listeners know. Yeah, some yeah. cutting edge stuff. Um, designed by David Mason. I'll put his name out there. The guy's a genius. Yeah. Yes, he is. We've had him yes, on our yes. show. He's a friend of ours. So, well, let's yes, do an update. Absolutely. Once you
0: have your expedition, we'll do an update on your oh, findings. Well, Hopefully they're rich.
2: We are in the early discussion phases of it still. But we're looking at um, probably the later part of the summer. Okay. Or mid sometime.
1: It's a big expedition. Is this so that, a new that's crew?
2: Cur- that's currently what's going on. I uh, Kim and I are getting the home up, and uh, we got an expedition planned. And and I'm working stuff like this kind of on the side, though.
1: Yeah. Yep. No, we thank you so much, Kevin, for uh, coming on the podcast today. Uh, Louis, do you have any final questions for our guest?
0: No, again, I'll just uh, extend a warm thanks, Kevin. It's always uh, great chatting with you. You're very humble and heartfelt. And, uh, you know, your emotion is real. And for a lot of people that have had experiences, the emotional factor is the toughest one to deal with. But you're a shining example of it's okay to take it get beat down you're gonna come out better in the end and with a more enriched view on life you know less materialistic more love and encompassing everything so it's nice to see that and we wish you all the best and uh, let's chat again later in the summer hopefully you find some cool uh, footage and stuff you can share
2: god willing thank you guys thanks kevin i'm out